When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mornings on SEN. Welcome back or two mornings, whichever category you fit into. Either way, it's just wonderful to have you on board. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us on the SEN network, Sam Hargraves, Josh Jenkins with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon before we hand over to the SEN track team. Uh, in this hour, we will catch up with Bryce McGain, who's just not doing enough uh, at the minute. Uh, Brecky today <laughs> and uh, Sports Day as well coming up and uh, Big Bash tomorrow. So we just want to get his official ruling on Michael Neese's catch last night in the Brisbane Heat game. And we might even ask him, Josh Jenkins, if he can think of a better performance by a second gamer. Mm. Uh, because what we saw last night um, was the all-time great ever, greatest ever, second ever, ever games. Yep. Josh Brown, who uh, turned it on six sixes to go with four boundaries in his 62 off 23, just at a, a pedestrian strike rate of 269.57. But before we do all of that, JJ... Uh, and we, before we get back to your New Year's resolutions for each of the 18 clubs, um, this is the time of the year for tennis. And so for our next guest, this is really his Christmas. He is the voice of tennis on SEN, the host of The First Serve, our very good friend and colleague, BP. BP, hello to you. Happy New Year. Uh, good morning, uh, Sam, JJ. Uh, happy New Year to both of you. Um, yeah, shorts on. It's uh, hot and muggy, but looking forward to a, a big January. We've ticked over, but the tennis season has started, well, it's funny with the tennis seasons, they actually start in the year that's just gone and sort of drifts into the new year, but uh, we're well underway. Yeah, we are, BP, we are indeed, and I hope you've uh, had plenty of sleep over the past couple of months and you've saved up the voice because we're going to use absolutely all that you've got over the next... <laughs> yeah, every next... ounce of you about to be milked. <laughs> Uh, uh, and I hope negotiations were good because you were going to be a busy boy. Uh, I was watching the watching the uh, United Cup, uh, and just just talk to me about the United Cup's a new ish format, is it? I mean, I'm, of course, uh, tennis is is a passing subject of mine, so uh, a new format, but one that seems to be um, popular enough. I've been watching Sydney and Perth, and there's been a bit happening. Yeah, I think, Josh, you know, when you bring a team element into a sport like tennis, mm. it's sort of just, uh, it's a point of difference. And uh, obviously we've had the Davis Cup, we've had the Billie Jean King Cup, the old Fed Cup for years. These sort of competitions have been going 100 years, but not much outside that. Now we've got a stack of cups. You know, we've got the Labor Cup. Uh, I mean, even the Hopman Cup is going to come back uh, in 2023, which was an institution in Perth. So the Hopman Cup was replaced by the ATP Cup just for the MEM, Hopman Cup used to be men and women, as we know, and then the United Cup has replaced the Hopman Cup, uh, sorry, the ATP Cup, to bring men and women together. I mean, it is the one unique sport, I suppose, where you know we've got players uh, with equal prize money at the Slams playing at tour events together, the Slams and other big events uh, throughout the year, and when you actually bring them together. I think it's you know, it's fantastic. Uh, and the good part about all these teams, now they all vary. So we've got some superstars in the competition and we've got some no-names. So we're playing on a, the biggest stage they've ever played in tennis. But they're learning off the likes of a Tsitsipas or a, a Dimitrov or a Rafael Nadal. And the great part about this tournament is 
uh, it, it, the bench is mic'd up. I mean, tennis is, mm. as we know, a pretty lonely sport. You go to the chair at the sit-down, you figure out your problem. Even though coaching's been brought in a little bit more now, you haven't got the coach sitting out there with you. You go to the bench here. I think Tim Hemman, uh, the, the great Brit, he might have been paid a bit extra because he is brilliant and uh, he is vocal and you can hear everything that's going on with him and player and you can hear the entourage at the back. I mean, Rafael Nadal just you know, pops over the shoulder of a younger player and not that I can understand because he's talking in Spanish, but he would be giving some wise words um, you know, about the game plan and everything else. So Probably saying, don't ask me about retirement, BP. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, exactly right. Uh, the crowds have been a bit mixed. I think, you know, us as Australian tennis fans, you know, obviously want to go and see the Aussies when they're playing or we'll have a particular name. But you know, I'm getting to that match. Uh, but they're not going to necessarily turn up to every single tie of the United Cup. So we've had some good crowds and we've had some crowds that have probably been a little bit ordinary. But, yeah, I think it's a competition that is certainly here to stay. Uh, PP, uh, the coaching element or the angle was what I was going to ask you about, and you touched on it a little bit. How long has it been in for? I mean, it's always seemed backward to me that, as you said, a, a tennis player would have to go out there and compete on their own and it was forbidden to get any instruction or assistance or encouragement from 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 your uh, from your coach and your team. So has that been well accepted across the tennis community with 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 coaches being allowed to have some level of input? No doubt, Josh. Yeah, it's really come in the last twelve months. So you would have seen previously over the years, uh, well, the WTA brought, brought in a rule for the women where the coach could actually come out at the end of the set and actually sit there. It was probably more theatre for television. It was normally a fairly negative uh, conversation because it's at the end <laughs> of a set. It's not sort of you know, while live live play is sort of unfolding on the roller coaster of a set. Now, the both the men and the women, uh, as long as the coach is at your end of the court, uh, a point's being played, they can uh, have some dialogue with you. If you're at the other end of the court, they can't be yelling from uh, all the way down the other end from the player box. So I think the player likes it, but every player is different too. I mean, some players don't like it. They're so used to figuring out their own problems in tennis. They don't want too much input and too many voices. Uh, so I think it depends on the player. And the coach obviously knows his player really well to know, you know, what sort of level of dialogue to give. BP, it's been um, a, a fascinating watch from an Australian point of view with this United Cup. Um, in amongst uh, some phenomenal performances from Jason Kubler, uh, there's been controversy. We've spoken at length, unfortunately, about Nick Kyrgios pulling out on the eve of and what that started now with the back and forth between he and Leighton Hewitt. But Isla Tomjanovic has pulled out again. Um, what's the latest with her and what's the story behind this? Mm. Well, she's uh, certainly telling us, uh, Sam, that she's got a knee issue. I mean, this is, this is the thing. I mean, she played a huge year, uh, a couple of Grand Slam quarters. Yep. Uh, small off-season to just recover, recuperate. She played in the Billie Jean King Cup, which is, what, at the end of November? So not a lot of time out uh, for Isla. And she probably wasn't really cherry ripe to go. I mean, she put her hand up to be part of the team. But the biggest carrot right now is the Australian Open, and you want to be right for that. So the players in these lead-up events, and we've seen it traditionally over the years, they will take a very conservative view. Once they get into the season, yeah, they're playing with niggles, they're playing with issues, they just want to keep playing because they're chasing wins, they're chasing rankings points in in the guts of the season. But right now, they want to make sure they make their best impression at the Australian Open where it's rankings points, it's prize money to you know, really get your, get your year rolling. So we can only take her on uh, face value. Um, and we'll see, you know, as this United Cup unfolds this week, we might see some other players... 
you know, they do get a niggle or two, take a very conservative view, and that's why there's eight players in all these squads, and it looks like most of the teams are probably going to go through and use you know, just about every player. BP, once we get to the big dance, uh, what, what type of... What type of reception are you expecting for Novak Djokovic? Because I saw that his team or someone from his camp come out and say that they were uh, a little concerned about the reception he'll get. Do you think he'll be he'll 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 cop um, the uh, I guess the the negative side of things whenever he plays in the Australian Open? Yeah, I'm as fascinated as anyone, really. Uh, I suppose we'll get a bit of a taste in Adelaide, and he's I think scheduled to play in the night session. Tomorrow night is the top seed. It's a huge draw card for Adelaide. And we've got eight top ten players in the next two weeks for the Adelaide International at the beautiful uh, drive next to the Adelaide Oval. It looks uh, it's unrecognisable, the facility. So it's, it's a great spot, very popular with the players. And we'll get a feel there what sort of reception ahead of the Australian Open. I mean, I think... I think most. I mean, I think the Australian sporting crowds are generally pretty good. They they love the champions. They respect the champions. Yes, they're not. They haven't got this endearing sort of uh, love for Novak apart from his fanatical Serbian supporter base. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't that adulation, uh, but there is respect. I think for what he's actually achieved in the sport and for the mm. athlete that he is. So let, let's just yeah see. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest. Maybe yeah. it's <laughs> put it out there on the text or the calls and. I'm sure there'll be maybe, uh, yeah. I, I imagine there might be a, a disruption or two, but to what extent, I don't know. Daniel Medvedev might have helped him out with his low IQ bar, but uh, Melbourne uh, and Aussie tennis fans last year, so that could just take a little bit of the pressure off Novak. Um, I want to play some audio, BP. Uh, this was Rafa Nadal because the, the the general belief is that this might be the last time we see him um, at the Australian Open. He was asked about retirement after losing his United Cup match to... Uh, Cam Norrie. Yes. Yes, uh, Cam Norrie. Uh, had it written down. I just couldn't find it. Uh, this was what Rafa had to say when he was asked about retirement. For me, uh, I lost my match. That's that's it, no? Uh, every time that I'm coming to a press conference, it seems that I have to retire. <laughs> so you are very, very interested in my retirement. So, I mean, that's... For the moment, is not the case, when the day, when this day arrives, I'm going to let you know, guys, but don't keep going with the retirement but because I'm here to, to keep playing tennis. <laughs> what did you make of that interaction, BP? It was said through a bit of laughter, but the last line is interesting one, uh, basically asking journalists to stop asking him. Yeah, well, it's going to obviously be an ongoing, uh, you know, topic for the journalists. It'll hand him a little bit just with his age and, you know, his body and the concerns, um, you know, coming into another year physically, he's now become a dad, so life has changed. I I wouldn't write him off from going on another year. I mean, I, we thought Nadal was done probably uh, three or four years ago with those banged-up knees. Uh, he is the ultimate warrior, and his preparation is second to none. I mean, it's, it's difficult for Rafa to play a full tennis season because of his game style, the physicality, the wear and tear on that body. So he's got to, and he can afford at his level where he sits. He can be very selective with his scheduling. Uh, but gee, no one picked him to win the Australian Open uh, last year and he, and he got off the canvas and, and did that. So, yeah, I think he, he still loves the game. And, you know, this rivalry with Djokovic and jockeying for position for the most majors, I don't think he would just want to bow out right now while he's still uh, capable. Yes, he's a step slower. Uh, yes, these young guys are coming after him and the reaction time 
is uh, is minimal now. These guys are pounding the tennis balls back at Nadal. Uh, so Rafa's trying to finish points certainly a lot quicker than he used to uh, because he knows he can't go toe-to-toe uh, with these younger guys who are playing at an unbelievable level. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a definitive time um, that I can see Nadal retiring at this stage. Uh, it all shapes up to be a fascinating and a full-on summer of tennis, and that's exactly how we like it, BP. It should be a memorable one as well. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you during it. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, United Cup, uh, Adelaide International on the screens of nine uh, today. Thanasi Kokonakis back in Adelaide tonight, so let's hope he can recreate some of the magic uh, of last year. Yeah, the defending champ was a great story of last year. Hopefully he can uh, create the first big story, the first real positive story of, of this year. Brett Phillips is the voice of tennis on SEN. He's the host of the first serve, uh, and we will be hearing from him on the regular during the tennis season. Thanks, BP. Uh, you can call us one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the uh, EFS open line. You can text in on the 40 Wings Temper Text. Consumer choice winner temper matches, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. That number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The number to call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. When we come back, Josh Jenkins and I will continue to roll through the New Year's resolutions for all eighteen clubs ahead of season twenty twenty three. On mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it's in stock now.